Welcome to Harvest Time. My name is Sebastian Basildua. Our host on this program is Pastor Gary Walton, the pastor of Harvest Baptist Church. We often spend these 25 minutes together telling you the stories of our church by interviewing our members and other friends of the ministry. You can attend Harvest Baptist Church this weekend. We have two services at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. You may attend either. The usual COVID-19 protocols will apply. We will also live stream our 9 a.m. service on hbcguam.org. This week, Jesus changes everything. Today on Harvest Time, let's begin by welcoming Pastor Gary Walton. Welcome, Pastor. Half a day, Sebastian. Good to talk to you again and glad to be here with our listening audience. This Sunday, we're coming back to a series that we began in the beginning of the fall, but we've gone away from it for a couple of weeks. We've had a few things happening, but we're coming back to our series, as you mentioned, of Jesus Changes Everything. And we're just talking through and teaching through Jesus' Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5, 6, and 7. This is actually the second part of a message that we began a few weeks ago that talks about moral purity, and we're going to turn the corner a little bit to the last couple verses of 29 and 30, where I think one of the most important biblical principles is taught to us about what spiritual growth looks like and what spiritual change And a lot of times, Sebastian, as I'm talking with people um, about their spiritual walk, you know, uh, you hear things like, um, man, I just just wish I could change in this area. It feels like this thing is overwhelming me and I just keep coming back to it. You know, how can I I find change? Um, And the the idea that Jesus presents to us, uh, we're going to use these terms. It's not original with me, but... Jesus talks about this idea of radical amputation. And, I mean, that sounds pretty dramatic, and in fact it is. This is the passage where he talks about, if you know, if your eye offends you, pluck it out. If your hand offends you, cut it off. But the idea is so important about what spiritual growth looks like and what spiritual change looks like. And so I'd like to invite our uh, listening audience to join us this Sunday. We have services at 9 and 11 here on campus. You can pick up the live stream at 9 a.m. as well. And uh, we're just going to dive back in and study what God's Word has to say about this very, very important topic and principle for all of our lives. Well, I'm really pleased to be able to welcome to our studio Josh and Lori Fisher. Welcome, you guys. Thanks, Pastor. Hi, thanks for having us. I don't think we've had you on Harvest Time before, right? First time rookies? First time. Okay. Definite rookies. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm really glad. I'm anxious to introduce you to those that are listening and even our church family as we listen and talk a little bit about your background and story. So tell me about growing up. Maybe we can start with you, Josh. You know, kind of God's work in your life and your spiritual story. Yeah, absolutely. So I was born into a Christian family. Dad was just a normal private sector worker. When I was a year old, he took a pastorate of a church, a small church in Georgia. I spent three years there, and then God called him to be a missionary. Mm. So we uh, boarded up the family and did deputation for a couple of years, and then headed off to Germany. Let me interrupt you. Deputation, some would know that, but others maybe would be familiar. Yep, deputation is just traveling out to different churches, and we did mostly, since we were based in Georgia, we did mostly throughout the eastern side of the United States, and we would just present our work, the ministry God called us to, and then try to raise support or funds in order to go and live in Germany and then not have to carry on a job there, but be able to start the ministry. Sure. 
So that took, I believe, between two and two and a half years to do that. And there's a lot of memories of driving around in the big Chevy van, doing homeschool, <laughs> yeah. traveling all over the place. So, you have brothers and sisters? Yeah, I got two brothers and one sister. Okay. Um, so it was a van full. Right. And I know now doing homeschool, looking back, I can only imagine the, the struggles <laughs> that mom would have gone through. Yeah. I think extra treasures in heaven for the uh, patients she had to sustain with us. Um, but moved to Germany in 1987. Initially went to be a uh, missionary to the German people. But then we got there and were began working with some missionaries who were already present who had a, a ministry to the military. Oh. Dad felt the Lord leading him to start a military-focused church to a army post that was maybe 20 minutes down the road, just far enough to where the folks weren't able to come to that church. Sure. So he was focused in Air Force Base. Um, they had been praying for a long time to have a church or someone to go begin a work there at the Army base. So we moved closer to the post there and started that church. It was Canaan Baptist Church, and we stayed there from 1987 to 1995. Mm. And saw a lot, a lot of uh, many people saved, a lot of um, a lot of lives changed, and just a really neat work, a wonderful experience to grow up and be part of. Yeah. And then with the downsizing or the restructuring under President Clinton, then they end up closing our post. So then we rotated back uh, to the States for a furlough or a period of rest. And then God called Dad to the country of Moldova. Hmm. And so we, everyone except my older sister, who graduated high school by that time, the rest of us moved on to Moldova. And we spent, um, I spent my senior year of high school there. And then the family stayed for another few years prior to rotating back off the mission field. So really interesting. In fact, I'll ask you about this in a minute, but maybe prepared you a little bit for living overseas yeah, absolutely. and some of the mm-hmm. some of the travels you've had. Lori, what about you? I'm going to come back to your story, Josh, in a minute, but what about you? How, how'd you grow up? Um, so I grew up in Virginia, in Charlottesville, Virginia. I'm an only child and kind of different background. We stayed right where we were. Yeah. And I wasn't born into a Christian family. We went to church, but it was mainly because our family went and it was just kind of the thing to do. It wasn't really a gospel-centered church. So when I was about 13, my mom, they were presenting like just the work at another church. And so she visited that church and got saved and she invited me to come. And so I really liked it. And there was a lot of youth there and it seemed alive, a total different Mm. thing than what we were at. But my dad was still very pulled to still go to the church that our family was and his mom and dad. And so I was kind of torn because I would go to the church one week with my mom and one week with my dad. And it was kind of really pulling on me. Yeah, I'm sure. And so I went to church with my mom the one day and, and they asked if an evangelism team could come share the gospel with me. And they did. They came to my house that night and I told them no, that I didn't want to get saved. I feel like I was just waiting for that lightning bolt moment and I just didn't feel it. And then through that whole week, the Lord just pulled and pulled and I could just feel it. It was kind of almost like one of those things where your knuckles are just trying to stop you and you are just really can't stop it. And so that week I asked my mom, I was like, I just, I need to get saved. And so I got saved and then I started going to the church that my mom was at and um, it was really a strain on our family. Mm -hmm. And then one of the ladies, the pastor's wives came and visited my dad. And then that one evening he just bowed his head and got saved about a week after I had gotten saved. Then after that, I asked him if I could go to a Christian school and he let me, which was not what he was wanting at first. So I went to a Christian school and then ended up going to a Christian college. And then we met the first week of school at (laughs) at Christian Christian college. College. Yes. 
It's he, he didn't give me long. To- oh, yeah, I didn't, didn't waste any time, right? It's interesting, that story, which is not that unusual, as people give their hearts to Jesus and come to this place of, of salvation, as you described it. Oftentimes, as adults, you know, especially in a marriage, it doesn't always happen at the same time. And so it might be a husband comes to faith first and sometimes a wife. And you're right, during that mm-hmm. interim, for you, is a, maybe a little bit longer period of time, right, where there's sort of that tension. Yeah. But it's pretty cool how it's a good indication of this is the work of the Holy Spirit individually in each of our lives, drawing us to himself. I think that's really cool. So let me pick up again. I'll come back to you, Josh. You guys met in college then at a Christian college. Yep. So we went to Pensacola Christian College. I'm a year ahead of her. Okay. And so I had gone for the first year and was just shopping at Walmart at the um, beginning of the year, just picking up school supplies. And I almost ran her over in the, uh, I think the pencil and pen aisle. <laughs> and so I knew it was destiny once that happened. So she stood up and I uh, tried to chase her out of the store. At Pensacola, you're not allowed to do converse with the opposite sex during that time you weren't really so i couldn't say hey to her or anything at all but i watched her get off with her parents and then she had a skirt on which was the appropriate attire for being off campus which i think we're the only ones in the entire city of pensacola that wore those at that time (laughs) so i knew she was from college right so then we went back and then there was just some activities that week and then i'd see her around campus and i had some faithful friends of mine that would not, I won't say stalk, but would surveil her for trying to figure out who she was, what her name was, and thought her name was Laura. So we called every Laura on campus to try to figure out if, who she was. <laughs> Couldn't, didn't work out because we had the wrong name. And then I just happened to meet her just one afternoon after classes that right on that first or second week. And then I was too chicken to get her number. So my friends did. And then I called her and invited her to dinner. And we had a 10 or 12 of us, whoever the amount was. Sure. The rest yeah, is- his friends were like, we have this buddy that wants your number. And I'm like looking over and I'm like, where? And they're like, he was just here. <laughs> he I'm split, thinking huh? he ducked under the <laughs> post or something. And that was all strategic. <laughs> so, Lori, fast forward a little bit. How long have you guys been married? You have two children, right? Tell us about your kids. Yes, we have a 12-year-old boy and a 8-year-old, well, she'll be 8 in a week, um, year old girl. Um, and we've been married 17 years. Okay. We got married right out of college once I graduated and yeah, just enjoying homeschooling them and going through those middle school years. <laughs> yeah, yeah, awesome. Josh, what brought you out to Guam and how did you get connected at Harvest? So, I work in federal law enforcement. So, began in Washington DC back in 2001. We moved around to a couple of different assignments since that point. And then the opportunity came up with a a guy that I had been working with uh, in my job in the States. He transferred out to Guam and we began conversing about the uh, the location, about the office and kind of the work that we do out here. And it sounded uh, sounded, just a neat experience, Mm. just a a, a neat adventure. We were trying to gauge it based on the time in my career versus the the age of the children. Sure. If we uh, were able to come out, enjoy a few years for a certain tour of duty and then transfer back prior to them entering high school so maybe some stability we could we could provide that as they got older i just did a lot of praying we had a full 12 months because they wouldn't let me rotate out of my old spot until a certain time i had done a certain amount of time in that position so we had a good 12 months to to pray to spend time looking at the island and just the surroundings discussing it a lot with the amongst the family members and the big thing was we knew god everywhere we've always been we're like, Lord, we need a good church because that's mm. super important, and we need 
a good school or su- support structures for the for our, for the our family for the children. Sure. No matter where that was. And we know those are two top priorities that he has laid out for us as well. So we knew that wasn't going to be a problem. If he wanted us to come here, he'd provide it. So we had looked at Harvest. We listened to some of Pastor Aaron's sermons on the audio and just loved the ministry and then what the message that, that the church is and what it stands for. And so I ended up putting in for it, got selected, and been here for it'd be two years in January. Wow. It's been so two time years. time really it flies by. Fast, really, yeah. really goes quick. But yeah. it's a it's a wonderful place. So glad we listened to what the Lord had for us. One of the things that I appreciate so much about your family, Josh, you and Lori together, but even your kids, is that there's really a servant's heart. I mean, you're active in in serving and you and you dove right in. In fact, normally if somebody shows up at harvest new and a guest, I can pretty much count on the fact that Josh or Lori or both are going to be a welcoming voice in the face. And I appreciate that so much, you guys. But so tell me a little bit about serving and, and what that means to you guys. Yeah. I so think- just real quick, I had to give Lori credit for that one because she is <laughs> the more one Lori that than Josh. she will stand there. <laughs> I'm in the choir looking out and I would see new faces. And then I try to look at her face and see if she had identified them yet. Yeah. So that when I got down in, into the uh, row, I'd see her. And she's like, yeah, we got to go talk to them. We got to go talk to them. Have you seen that one before? I was like, I'm yeah, a honey. stalker <laughs> of new people. <laughs> it's awesome. We need that. But we so wanted cool. to make sure that yeah. even when we have gone to the churches we've been to, it's been very helpful to have right. people right off the bat come talk to you and especially maybe some that are around your age group yeah and maybe have children the same as you can relate so she would she really big heart on doing uh doing that yeah work. that's a huge heart for me that right. i feel we were in our welcome ministry in our church in dc and our pastor just laid it out too how they even had greeters at the temple mm-hmm. and it's just a biblical thing to greet people even in church. And I think it just, that first visit makes such an impact. And it's like, if you can either get them or they, you can lose them in the first time. So that's been a huge heart for us. And I feel like we just love to talk and love to meet new people. So that's been something that we've really enjoyed and try to find new faces and stalk them down. (laughs) Well, it really is so powerful. People, of course, visit a church for different reasons, but Almost everybody, even if you don't even identify this, you're looking for a place that you belong and you can feel comfortable. And of course, you know, Harvest, like any church, maybe, you know, the first time you walk into some place, if you don't know anybody, and maybe the church is a little bit different than what you're used to, to have somebody walk up and just warm and welcoming, it says something about these people that's just so, so powerful. And you're not the only ones at Harvest, and I'm thankful for that, that just have a heart for others. But I'm, re- I'm really thankful for what you guys have done, and we've needed that. And uh, so that's a, that's a cool thing. We've got just a few more minutes here, but Josh, let me back up. Kind of we were talking about your job, and I'd like to ask you about you know, your calling to your job, not specifically, but as God's calling on your life. And the reality is, I mean, we would say this, that this is your ministry, right? It's, of course, what God's given you to provide for your family, but this is God's calling in your life, right? You see right. it in that way? Right, absolutely. I was a criminal justice major in college and had no idea how I chose that field. It was just, I literally think I looked and said, well, that's kind of what a guy should <laughs> should uh, should maybe study, so let's give that one a shot. I've been, always been interested in that type. So, even the Lord just did something simple like that, like, you know, your ignorance that you can still use. And so I got into that field and had a professor that had been in, in law enforcement in the past. And so 
in the federal side. So he kind of just co- you know gave us told us great stories about the field, you know, all right, the all yeah. the big bright shining moments. Never the long days and nights that you'll have, but it was enough to hey, this is you know piqued my interest. Did a lot of praying about it, and then Lord just opened doors from there. So you know, 19 years later, I look back and. It hasn't been the easiest road by far. The type of individuals that typically get into law enforcement are very type A. Not a lot of religious, per se, individuals do this line of work. So it you don't have a lot of Christian camaraderie, per se. So you do have to decide right up front, you're going to take a stand. And if you are, you're going to potentially be isolated in some capacity. Mm-hmm. And there's not a lot of socializing, not a lot of hanging out with individuals because of that. But the Lord blessed me with a great family right off the bat, so I didn't need to do that. I went home and spent time with the family instead, so it worked out really well. But just by trying to live the life, be a great testimony through the walk as well as the talk, and I've had several people come up, and whether praying over a meal or just having the proper uh, language when conversing or when doing interviews, you know, whatever the case may be, they've come up and said, you know what, I noticed you don't do this, or you do this, you know, are you a Christian? And why do you do it that way? And they'll say, well, I am as well. And it's nice to finally actually meet someone that has the same beliefs that I do. Mm. So that's always been a blessing and an encouragement because it keeps you like, you know what? People are noticing. People are paying attention. Some will say it, but most never will. Mm -hmm. So you never know the impact and influence you'll have because of that. Lori, it's clear that you guys are a team together in, uh, you know, in the ministry God's called Josh to, but in raising your family. You know, you said your background was kind of stayed in one place. So this idea of kind of bringing your family across the world, what did that look like to you? Yeah, I think I have to admit when we were in college and he was like, I'm going into law enforcement. And I knew that probably required a lot of travel and a lot of away from the family and moving quite a bit. I was like, I can't do this. No, thank you. Mm. And um, and then the Lord really just smote my heart and said, no, you just trust me. And so being the wife of law enforcement is right. definitely a difficult thing. You are single mom quite a bit, and there's a lot of times where they're missing holidays and birthdays and things like that. But it's been such a blessing, and we have gotten to travel the world, mm-hmm. not even just Guam, but all over because of his travels. And our kids have been exposed to so much culture at such a young age. And even being from a small town, I had such a desire to travel. I have a definite adventure sure. spunk in me. So he, the Lord just fit us together perfect because, you know, even though it has been challenging in some ways, I look at just exactly what we've gotten to do and see, and we would have never gotten to do that without his job allowing us to. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. What about uh, any particular burdens or things that God is teaching you guys together as a family or individually during this season of life? For me, I'm teaching a Bible study on attitudes and just during COVID especially and just really being so intentional with my attitude each day and just looking at, you know, am I complaining? Am I content or just everything that's going on to still choosing to praise the Lord and to just be grateful in everything. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm really working on. Cool. There's so many. We would be here much longer (laughs) than than the times allotted. I'd have to say it's a contentment is always a, a big deal just because of the, I'm a hurry up and get things done. Sure. Individual. Yeah. Instead of 
sitting back and just allow at times allowing God to work and to do things. So always really trying to focus on be content where we are. Let's do this. Let's do this. Let's serve in whatever capacity that we have, whatever location that we're in. And this time has been very difficult, but from a job standpoint, as well as our personal lives, because of the the restrictions that we have and just the things that are necessary because of the island life. So every person listening is going to have dealt with. It's just, it's just what we're dealing with at the moment. Um, and so learning how to adjust with that and managing the children at the same time, explaining to them, making sure they're understanding as much as they can about, about life at this particular point. Now, we're going to be grateful regardless of what situations we're in. And then simultaneously dealing with the adolescent years as they're growing up and the challenges that that's facing as well. Any parent that's dealing with this or past this point fully understands the transitions that happen. So doing that, it's a daily job. It's a wonderful blessing that we have, um, but managing that expectations as well. Yeah, those transitions, and and you're right, those two things coming together in the lives of our kids. It is complicated by the transitions not being the same right now, sort of things that we expected would happen. And I think for young kids, of course, there's a trust I see in your family and your kids of, of you know, this is what God's doing in our family, but there's still some challenges connected with mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Great. Okay, last question. I didn't warn you about this. This will be uh, right off the top of your head, which uh, we'll see what the surprise is. The best thing about being a Christian is, what would you say to that? I would have to say the living hope of heaven. Hmm. I love how Pastor Larry described it as that because everybody has the hope, and you're like, well, which hope is it? Is it a wishful hope, or is it the absolute 100% factual hope? Like that living hope of heaven is what gets you up every morning. Yeah. Okay, awesome. Good answer. I would say the peace Hmm. because the world is just a turbulent place, and when you have that inner peace, it's just something you can't explain, that you know the Lord's in control and he's got this, and you don't have to fret and worry and you know, stress all the time. Well, Josh and Lori, uh, we don't have any idea who's listening right now as this is going out. And those two things might be something that they're lacking, the assurance of heaven. And as this is the, you know, you describe it as the best thing about being a Christian, there might be some that are listening and they're like, I'm not sure what happens, you know, at the end of this life. And the peace part is a pretty rare thing right now. I'm sure there's going to be, there are people listening right now that are saying, man, I don't have that kind of peace. So thank you guys for sharing just some of God's work in your life and testimony of what God's done for you. And it might be that there's somebody listening that's saying, man, I'm lacking that peace, or I'm not sure about that eternity. And we want to invite you, you can reach out to Harvest uh, via our website, through KHMG website, or we'd invite you to come to church on Sunday. You might see Josh and Lori, if this is your first time, (laughs) you might see them smiling, welcome face, but Harvest is just a place where you can find truth. I mean, that's just what we're trying to do week by week, and we're glad God's brought you guys here. We love you, love your passion for God, and uh, thankful for what God's doing in your family. We're grateful as well, Pastor. Thanks for the opportunity. It's been been very enjoyable, a lot of fun. Yeah, Yeah, we're very grateful for this church and for you leading. All right, praise God. All right, Sebastian, thanks. All right, and thank you for listening to Harvest Time. Just a reminder, you can attend Harvest Baptist Church this weekend. We have two services at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. You may attend either. The usual COVID-19 protocols will apply. We will also live stream our 9 a.m. service on hbcguam.org. This week, we continue our theme of Jesus Changes Everything. Thanks again for listening to Harvest Time. Mm -hmm.